This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. Nick and Joe, what a packed show. Nick, the maddest golfer we've ever had. And I'm going to leave it at that. That's the tease for the episode. You've heard of Instagram takeovers and Twitter takeovers. It is a mad golfer at the turn podcast takeover and it's warranted i had i do have to tell you folks the situation I'm looking at right now nick heidelberger in his basement headphones on sipping a beer baby bjorn a child strapped to his chest yeah you're a gamer for sure dude um you know any given sunday we're uh we're gonna leave it all out there there's no excuses play like a champion I know we don't talk about the PGA Tour in here, but do you want to give your thoughts about your boy, Danny Willett, three-putting from four feet to losing a playoff to Max Homa on the PGA Tour? Um, yeah, that was I, – I tweeted I tweeted for once, and it, all I said was the PGA Tour is scripted because you literally couldn't write a better ending to a golf tournament. I mean, the characters involved, from the shots that they had to hit, from to t- Danny Willett, three-putting from – Three feet, seven inches to lose. Well, One of those was uphill. I mean, it's just incredible. It and it's unbelievable. And, and as longtime listeners of the pod know, for some reason, Danny Willett has been in the crosshairs of Nick Heidelberger for the last five years we've been doing this show. So I'm sure part of you is at least a little bit uh, delighted and perhaps validated by witnessing that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like like I said, just the people involved, like, for it, of, of all people to say, like, if, if I came onto this podcast and you're like, Nick, who would you want to to three putt from three feet, seven inches to lose a tournament? I'd probably be like Danny Willett. <laughs> Not Billy it's Myers. So fun. It's so enjoyable to, I don't know why I pick on the guy. Um, just a, a strange master's champion. And then. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. He's got a green jacket. He's fine. Yeah. I get no sympathy from, from this end of the mic. We do have a very special offer for the patrons listening right now that we're going to have later on in the episode from our partners at Matchstick Golf. It's a BOGO. We have a BOGO for our listeners coming up during Nick Rules. That's going to be towards the end of the podcast, so you want to stay tuned for that. As always, please rate and review at the turn wherever you are listening, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. If you're listening 
in France, which some of you are for some reason. Bonjour. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review the podcast. Also, go to Piper Golf, Piper.golf. Use promo code TURN10 at checkout. I shot a 76 using the black today, Nick. Huh? Good for you. Yeah, yeah it was a Joe. nice little round. Bogey the last three, but hey, we hung in there and shot shot 76. Look, you You stepped onto the 16th tee saying, no, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't, I shouldn't project on you. When I've got a round going, I step onto the 16th tee. It's always the 15th or 16th and say like, if the wheels completely fall off, I'll still shoot this number. I'm like, why is that my mindset? I, well, I birdied 15, and then I was 120 out in the dead center of the fairway. Perfect yardage, perfect club, and I had to scrap from the bunker to make a bogey. It, it's fine. Ugh. It's fine. I shot 76. 76. Hell yeah. Good yeah, it's okay. Um, Nick, I saw this Any prompt. thought of just hanging it up for the year? You're like, 76, let's just, let's just go home. Well, that was the first round of the last major of the Glenavere Men's Club <sighs> champion. The men of, the, the, let's see, what is it? It's the fall tournament, so it's the last major. Glory's last shot in East Portland. And uh, I don't know where I stand. I'm probably going to be in the last group. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, more about Glenavere coming up in a little bit. But, Nick, I want to start here. I saw this prompt. Weird question. We talk about a lot of weird, random stuff on here. And I'm always excited when something comes up or that I see that I hadn't thought of before. Very minor discussion, but we'll hit on it. What is the ideal number of tees Nick Heidelberger has in his pocket during a round of golf? For me, it's two. Hmm. It's it's just keep it simple. I don't, a couple of reasons. I don't want to overstuff my pockets. Also, I, I dig around in my pockets for my matchstick ball marker, and tees are extremely sharp. Oh, and it's not fun jabbing one of those things underneath the fingernail. <laughs> that that's a what a visual. That's a, that hurts longer than bogey in the last three to shoot seventy six. <laughs> Indeed, it Two does. Tees. I'm I I got the push cart, Joe. That thing's always stocked with tees and never far from a tee. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a minimalist when it comes to the tees. I just want a couple. I actually don't mind having a lot of tees or markers in my front pockets. Of course, a matchstick golf ball marker because I always, and I switched to this probably like two or three years ago. I always play one ball and I keep one extra in my pocket. I always keep it in my back pocket now because I feel like that frees up the front pockets and I never have to worry about the amount of tees, ball markers, pencils, any of this sort of stuff. Never fishing around. I know exactly what is in there, but I usually go three or four. I'm usually on the hunt, win on the tee box. Unless I'm using a driver, I'll grab the broken tee. Don't need that much love. Just a little 16th of an inch up and we're good to go. Yeah. 100% on that. Always always using borrowed tees or found tees unless, uh, you know, I at, Ch- at Chemua, man, I can find a full tee. Uh, even when I am using driver, a lot of times you see you see full, uh, full sticks out there. Um the back pocket thing, that must be like a mid thirties thing, because like the last couple of years, I've become a back pocket guy for like you switched phone, phone. Like I, previously, it was only it was reserved strictly for my wallet. Nothing else entered my back pocket in my entire twenties, and now it's like phone, the burp cloth for the baby, like anything, a water bottle, just shove it back there. It's just it's the go to. Well, I had a friend tell me this a long time ago. He said. For all of your romantic relationships, try to find at least one or two good takeaways. And one of my ex-girlfriends carried her phone in her back pocket. And I thought that was strange. I said, 
don't you sit on it and it's going to break the phone. And she's like, no, they're, they're very, very strong. And so I've started doing that and I never put my phone in my front pocket anymore. I feel crazy that I ever did that. Well, especially with the size of them now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Back pocket. I don't know if I've ever put a golf ball in my back pocket. Really? Yeah. I mean, I keep my glove back there. Of course. I keep my phone back there. If I, I've got this nifty little scorecard holder that I love, that I love to pull out after I make a nice one putt par. <laughs> That's oh, back man. there. So, yeah, I, no room for a ball. Well, next Definitely time you play, no <laughs> look, when you're out in the summer of 2024 playing golf for the next time, <laughs> put a, a golf ball in your back pocket and, and give it a whirl. I, I think you're going to like it. 23 is going to be a big year for me on the course. Is it? It is. Are you are you verbally committing right now to the Corner Club Open on this podcast with your baby oh. strapped to your chest? Yes. Oh, we're there. We're we're like we're yeah we're there. Well, we're there in the silver flight. If I don't get my handicap down, I'm a clean eight right now. So I'm going to try my best before June. Um, Nick, we've had some fun with purchasing. Well, the potential purchase of real estate on this podcast. It's been limited to golf courses, but there's a hot property on the market. Have you been looking in California for any houses for sale recently? Not not recently, no. Well, folks, if you have $31 million, you can buy a property on Pebble Beach. It is on the 11th green, close to the 12th tee box. It is being put up for sale by Carrie Patterson. Now, how did Carrie Patterson make enough money to afford the house that he bought in 1999 for $9.275 million? Well, that's because he is the lawyer that represented the state of Texas in winning a huge civil case against the tobacco industry. It was the first litigation loss by Big Tobacco in 44 years and produced the biggest settlement $17.6 billion at the time. Now, I have to assume that this is a gigantic class action lawsuit. Other states were involved. I was very curious, what does the lawyer typically get in a class action lawsuit? Care to venture a guess? And I'm not saying it's it's the raw number of $17 billion, but it is a damn good chunk. Do you have a guess? <laughs> It, the the spots you put me in on this podcast are just incredible. Like, I would have been, I, I would say I like, been way I off. 3%, I don't know. 30, yeah, Sydney, 33%. Stop now, it's, it. it's not the 33% of 17 billion, but suffice it to say, $9 million was not an overwhelming amount of money for Carrie to spend in 1999. <laughs> and the house appreciated by a cool $20 million. The name of the house, Lucky Strike, which is, of course, one of those old timey cigarette brands. That's the best. That's like that's like what we talked about last week with the USGA giving Payne Stewart one of their prestigious awards after Phil Mickelson turned it down. Yeah. By the way, we'd be remiss if we didn't congratulate Phil on his stellar backdoor top 10 in live. He had the low round of the day on the golf course, T8 in the live event. Way to go, Phil. Things are turning around for the Damn big fella. <laughs> you, you didn't catch any of that? No, it's not a <laughs> shot. Nick, I know we're only 10 minutes-ish into the episode. I'm going to do it right now. Wake up the kids. 
Because it's time for the Mad Golfer of the Week. It is brought to you by T-Box Coffee, a roast-to-order coffee brand in the heart of Southern California, packaged for the golfer who can shoot 68, the golfer who shoots 112, and every score in between. Let T-Box fuel your morning rounds. Promo code TURN15 at checkout. Now, Nick, this is going to be a lengthy story, so please... Feel free to interject. If Sydney has any comments, she's welcome to chime in at any point as well. A little context for this, first of all. So this is the result of the Glendevere Club Championship, what we're going to be discussing here, okay? The one the, the one from like two weeks ago. The one, yes. I, I believe the first round was roughly a month ago. And for some reason, the final scores had not been posted on the website. Typically, after a Sunday round, the scores are posted on the website. A few days later, we check it out. I had noticed that it had taken a really long time for these to be posted. So one week goes by, two weeks go by, two and a half weeks go by, and finally they post the results. Mason White, big stick, young guy, takes home the title. Okay. Well, I got I, I to gotta stop you there because yeah. you described on this podcast playing with like an 11-time champion of this tournament. Is he a character in this story? He's not. He was in the final group, but he is not featured in the story. So the guy who won is a young guy. He was watching all this go down, though. He was he was a party to it. Okay. And a party to the aftermath, which we'll certainly get into. So two weeks after the tournament ended and the results were posted, it was a two shot victory for Mason White over Nick Schweitzer, which came as a bit of a surprise to me. I was playing in the penultimate group. I asked on the 18th tee, someone who was in the group, but not having a chance to win what was going on. And they said, Nick is going to win. I said, okay, great. I three putt for my bogey and I got the hell out of there after (laughs) shooting another 83. Congrats to Nick. So two weeks after the tournament, the results were posted. About a week after that, we got an email. And this is to is every this, member. You say we, every member of, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Every member of the Glendevere Men's Club received this first email. Okay. This is not the Mad Golfer of the Week. We'll get to them in just a moment. This is this from is the incredible. Club. I love this. I just, <laughs> I just have to tell you how, how excited I am for this right now. So I saw, all, for, okay, a little more context. I saw all these emails while I was in Seattle at a Mariners game, like, Three sheets to the wind off really expensive organic wine. I was kind of trying to follow, but the game was really good and I didn't really. So I had to put it all together the next day. But I knew, I knew as I saw the emails immediately, I'm like, this is going to be the mad golfer of the week to end all mad. We might have to retire the segment after this. Okay. I'm going to get to talk about it offline, (laughs) offline, off pot combo. This is from the club president of Glendiver Men's Club. We are sending out this announcement to help clear up any questions surrounding the 2022 club championship. Already hilarious. There was a dispute between two players over a ruling on West number 12 waterhole that would eventually decide the 2022 champion. Now I'm going to pause there. I'm only going to briefly explain the hole. It's a very short par three. You have to carry over the water. It's like 150 yards. There is a sign. Behind the green that says drop area that I have known about ever since I've been playing at this golf course, 20 something years, that sign's been there. Doesn't make any sense. There's no reason why you should get relief right next to the green. If you chunk 140 yards in the water, but that's how I always understood the rule. Okay. Okay. Now we're going to go back to the club present. One player hit into the water and wanted to use the drop area 
which was disputed during the round. Since there was no official available to provide a ruling, the correct procedure was followed, playing two balls, one from the drop zone and one from the front side of the water. The situation was... Yeah, please. Kudos to this group for for even having the wherewithal to proceed with two balls, holding out both balls, because then you're covered. No matter what the ruling is, you're you're covered. So like I gotta even though like I'm playing this wild movie in my head about what happens, I, I've gotta hand it to these crazy kids for, for getting that part right. I agree. Okay. Back to the club president. The situation was then brought to the board for a ruling as is covered under Rule 20. The board and the Glendevere head professional considered input from the players and the Oregon Golf Association. The final ruling is that the drop area was in play since we historically have played the course that way for the 2022 season and other players used the drop zone during the tournament. So I'm going to pause right there, Nick. Do you have any problem with the ruling from the club president, the board, the Oregon Golf Association, and the Glendivere Head Pro? This took two weeks. Yes. Oh. I mean, if, the, if well, I think I'll have to wait to elaborate okay. because okay. Yeah, okay. It, depends on who you, it depends on who you believe. Okay. That brings us to our mad golfer of the week. I'm not going to say the name. I'm not going to say who it is. I'm just not going to do it. That's that's good of you. There's no reason to do it. But this is from the mad golfer of the week. This poor bastard's been through enough. (laughs) No less than six hours later, the Glendevere Men's Club got a reply all email from the person who was on the wrong end of the ruling. I love that move. Reply all? Yeah. Hey, hey, everybody, this is what went down. Here is the bad golfer of the week. This is the person that ended up losing the Glendevere Club Championship by two strokes. Here we go. Quote, the bylaws are clear that we play by USGA rules unless a local rule is enacted. Since no local rule was enacted, USGA rules prevail. The idea that the board can disregard the bylaws is absurd. The head professional didn't know there was bylaws because nobody gave them to him. After the ruling, another member of the board was not aware of the rules of play section. This is not a case where there wasn't a rule. There is a written rule in the bylaws for this situation that is crystal clear. It appears at least one board member made the improper drop, then voted to make it okay. When I ask, he did not say yes or no. The OGA only recognizes the club if they have bylaws. The majority of the committee and some members are so entrenched in the cheating that they challenge the written rules. The minute you stop watching the game, the money sticks in the hands of angels. If you're not diligent upholding the rules, you make cheaters out of otherwise honest people. If anyone needs a copy of the bylaws, please let me know. Nick, are you ready to weigh in or do you want me to get through the rest of it first? 
Um, no, I'll weigh in. I okay. will weigh in because okay. I I take people at their word. If this person is saying that you shouldn't be able to use, so basically the way you're describing it is this person who wrote this email said, "Hey, bro, you can't use this ridiculous drop zone. It's not it's not on the rule sheet for this tournament." as a local rule. And the person said like, ah, oh, no, I do it all the time. Um, so I'm going to. And then the board said like, yeah, even though it's not in the rules, you, that, that's cool. And basically determined the, the club championship. And, and we have to also establish one thing here. This person must have made either like a three from the drop zone and a five from the other, from the other ball. Like, it's not like he just made bogey with both balls. It would have been a moot point. He, he right. literally, there was a two-shot swing from, like, yes. pulling out with both those balls. Like, just the, I said the PGA Tour is scripted. I think the Glendevere Club, Club Championship is scripted because the fact that this happened to the final group and you hold out both balls, and, like, 90% of the time you hold out both balls, like, either you make the same score so it doesn't matter or you're so far out of the tournament that it doesn't matter. Or it's one um, shot. Yeah, or it's or it's one shot. Exactly. It's not two shots to determine the club championship, like whose name goes on the trophy. That's incredible. I love that so much about this story. Um, so far, I, I feel like even though this person is, is, you know, clearly very angry, I think they've got a pretty good reason to be angry. I do think there's an argument to be had both ways. I, I do I, I've th- got an argument to pre- present on, okay. on both sides. I do. Well, but I'll, I'll just let you yeah, we'll get there. Okay. I, I, I just want to say real quick about the drop zone. I do think the intent of it is to speed play along because you're not necessarily going to find a lot of plus handicappers out at Glen of your golf course. And you could have people trying to hit balls over the water all day long. And I think the intent is to speed up play. I don't think the intent is for the tournament, but if the tournament wasn't decided on this particular ruling, like you said, it would be a moot point. So I think what's happening is it's calling something in the question that no one's ever questioned before. And right. that's, and that's where we are. Well, that's where we are. It'd be like the analogy I made in my head is like, if you show up at the players championship, if there's no local rule about the drop zone on 17, which is like probably the most famous drop zone in golf. Sure. So I was trying to think of like where this would happen. Like where do people use a drop zone on, you know, that everybody can relate to 17 at Sawgrass. But if they just said like, they just didn't put that in the, in the, on the rule sheet one year and people started using it, you'd be like, well, bro, we've always used it. Like everybody knows that's the drop right. zone. Right. So from that standpoint, you're like, yeah, everybody knows like that was a mistake. We didn't put it in there. But from this standpoint, you're not really trying to speed up play in your club championship. You're trying to determine the champion. And so the person who wrote this email is not the person who used the drop zone. Right. It's the person who said, that's a, that's a bullshit drop zone, (laughs) which sounds like it is. It is. But I also think a bigger part of me, in my head, my my instant reaction when I saw the email, you know what it was? Play one shot better. I totally understand that perhaps 
They got a bum ruling, Nick. But at the end of the day, play one shot better. This was the this was the decision from the club. Even if the club is wrong, you're in a position to have this. Ha- you know what it is? It's a hail mary at the end of the game. Oh my god! Why didn't they call pass interference? Play better. You're not going to be in a position to even have it be up to an official. He he may have got the wrong end of the draw, but he put himself in a position to have a ruling affect the outcome of the club championship. He was on the wrong side of the ruling, right or wrong. Play better. I don't know. I I I disagree with that. I actually pretty strongly disagree with that. Like this player who won the club championship put himself in a position to make a double bogey coming down on the back nine on Sunday and deserved a double bogey by basically the literal rules of golf, which I'll get into in Nick rules. Uh. Um, And then somehow gets to card a par. Like, it seems like this person who is the club champion really has a a massive asterisk by that because they use, you don't, you're, you're shaking your head. I'm very surprised. Like, they used a like yeah when you're when you're out there with somebody who's who's just hacking it around and there's like ten groups behind you and two holes ahead of you and you're like hey man just play it from there and they're like oh is that in the rules and you're like yeah dude totally like it seems like that's how this person won the club championship that that seems pretty shady to me I mean it is shady but I think because. It went on for so long because there was two weeks and so many people were pulled in. Either way, the person who lost out of these two people would have a legitimate argument to make that they were wronged in the club championship. If the really went the other way, this guy could I, – I could definitely see a legitimate argument for this person saying that's been the drop area for 20 years at Glendivere. The sign's always been there. It's a local rule. This is bullshit. Sure. That's 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 tough. And ultimately, the the people who botched this are neither of the players. I mean, it sounds like they did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. Um, the tournament committee. I don't know who the tournament committee who runs this I is. Don't either. If it is the if it is the head professional or if that's just like a middleman. But I worked for a section of the PGA. We ran tournaments all the time. They're very. If you're running golf tournaments that people care about. You should be your your rule sheet needs to. It's not just a generic piece of paper. You need to pay attention to it. You need to give the instructions on the first tee. Like the first tee at our tournaments, we're always, hey, the drop zone on number twelve is not in play. That's for club play. That's not in play today. You know, wh- whatever it is, like it's it needs to be spelled out. And so the fact that like nobody really thought about it until later, and then they were like, well, yeah, that's always been in play, but. Like the rule sheet says USGA rules govern, you know, this championship and not local rules. And there's no local rule mentioned. I mean, that's just like people glossing over, you know, some documents that have been, you know, it's just too bad that the, that the committee didn't give a shit before like all of this happened. Well, I will say this, as I mentioned earlier, we played, the last tournament, the last like real tournament of the year at the golf course. The first round was today. Boy, was I handed a long piece of paper with a bunch of rules on it, which is so funny <laughs> because the two people in question aren't even playing in the tournament. They just don't want to deal with all these emails. So we'll let you get into Nick rules in a second. But I do have um, just one more note from the mad golfer of the week. 
Three days later, another reply all message because someone on the committee sent back to the group after the mad golfer sent that long explanation as to why they were robbed and cheating and money in the hands of angels and all this poetic, crazy stuff. I love that. I'm going to read that again. What did he say there? That was so bonkers. He said... That's where it loses some credibility because he makes a pretty good point until then and then he's just... Well, exactly. Yeah. Off the, the rails. The minute you stop watching the game, the money sticks in the hands of angels. If you're not diligent and upholding the rules, you make cheaters out of otherwise honest people. Wow. Um, so after he sends that email, immediately someone from the Men's Club Association board says, hey, the bylaws are posted in the clubhouse. We give them out to everybody. They're They're there. They're there. We stand by our ruling. And then three days later, the bylaws are that that's that's a drop zone. I don't know. Like I, I guess I don't have enough information. Like if the by, if they're saying that like that is specifically in the bylaws or like local rules of the course govern all play of our tournaments, that's one thing. But it sounds like the argument is that that's not in the bylaws. Anyway, that, I, I guess I'm getting too granular here. No, I mean I think this is <laughs> this is this is why it took two weeks. I think that the bylaws say local rules prevail, but there's not a specific local rule indicating that that drop zone should be used during tournament play. So there's, you know, 50 shades of gray over this ruling. Gotcha. The mad golfer of the week. Here's, here's how we closed out the reply alls. And I should mention a funny wrinkle with this. This mad golfer of the week is a man and his wife's email is on it. So at first, I thought his wife was replying to all of this, sort of like a Justine Reed situation, which yes. would have been even better. That would be. But in fact, it is the guy. All right, here's the last thing he said. Three days later, the Matt Golfer of the Week says this. The rules of play are USGA rules and enacted local rules shall prevail. There was no enacted local rule, and the committee said... There was no enacted local rule because there is no enacted local rule. We are only playing by USGA rules. There is no rule that says if players are historically not playing by the rules, then that becomes a rule. That's a good point. Under USGA rules, that is an illegal drop. Under USGA rules, I shot the lowest score. Now, I think if he just had sent that specific email and nothing else from the start, Maybe he would have gotten support. But the fact that he called people cheaters in his initial email, you know, fuzzy rules turn honest people into cheaters and all this stuff. I think he lost any possible support when he said We also that. haven't we have also haven't paid enough attention to the fact that he accused another like board member of taking the same drop, and that's why they like voted to make it legal. I For sure. This. Yeah, it's like they also took a bribe, so they're saying bribes are okay. Yes, it is. Um, exactly. It is pretty amazing. I assume that this is going to take us into Nick rules. Is that right? Can I close up Mad Golfer of the Week? Yes. That is your Mad Golfer of the Week brought to you by T-Box Coffee. Before we get to Nick rules, it is time for the special offer from Matchstick Golf. Nick, I don't know if you've been paying attention to all the new ball markers that Dane Delgado has going on at Matchstick Golf, but they are yes. gorgeous. I have the website up right now. There's the Golf Boy. We have the Devil Dude. Of course, we talked about the Road Trip Pack, that Winnebago, the Defender, the Cash Stack. I still go back to the Cash Stack. That thing's a beauty. I may have gotten one that's not available for sale. That's like an Arnold Palmer. Ooh. 
with oh. a with a heater in his mouth. I got the corner club. I've look, we're yeah. sponsored by Matchstick Golf. I got a few special editions, but I digress because folks, these are way too inexpensive. Twenty bucks a pop. Some are twenty four. For you, they're buy one get one free today. When this episode drops on Monday, September 19th through September 23rd, buy one, get one free promo code turn, nothing on the back of it. T U R N turn. It's buy one, get one free. And of course, matchstick golf is the proud sponsor of Nick rules. I wish I had a theme song because wow, a lot of good rule stuff today. Yeah. And just one more note on matchstick Mm. golf. Yeah. Um, I mentioned my mother is visiting um, and she was, she was putting away some laundry in the bottom of the laundry basket. She's like, what's this thing? It looks like a pizza slice. (laughs) Yeah. It's my golf ball marker. That's what Uh, I told Delgado. They are washing machine approved. The cash stack has gone through the washer five times and it still looks great. So it's brand new. It does. Yeah. Clean as ever. Um, As I mentioned, All right, Nick, this what are you is, talking about is, today? This is a, a Nick Rule. This is not a Nick Rules takeover. This is a Mad Golfer of the Week takeover. And so mm-hmm. I, I saw this Mad Golfer of the Week and was just, thank you for just guiding me down such an obvious path for the Nick Rules. Um, at first, I was like, I got to talk about drop zones. No, that's not the move. I got to talk about local rules. Oh, tell local me. Local rules versus USGA rules. I also have some some drop zone. Some oh my god! I just opened my second beer, and now I can't even get two words out. God, Nick! Nick used this to be able to unreal. write poetry after four tubs at the corner club. Look at him now, everybody! Is, he can't handle a second beer. It's terrible. Okay, <laughs> a local rule is a modification of a rule or an additional rule that the committee adopts for general play or a particular competition. The committee is responsible for deciding whether to adopt any local rules and for making sure they are consistent with the principles found in Section 8, which I'm sure Section 8 is just like, play real golf. <laughs> I hope that's all it says. Hey, get your shit together. <laughs> um, what it does, I mean, basically that is all to say that a local rule is not a rule of golf. Like the rules of golf – and a local rule are two different things. And the best example of this is that out of bounds rule where people just think that they change the rules of golf, that if you hit it out of bounds, you can just walk up there, take an extra penalty stroke and drop it and keep playing. And like that is a model local rule that the USGA said, if you want to circumvent, you know, out of bounds in a certain area, you can adopt this local rule for your club. But you don't just assume that it's in play unless the committee says this rule is in play either generally or for this specific competition. Now, since the situation you were talking about was not only just like a competition, but essentially the competition at Glendivere, this really slated me to just like, if if you don't if you're not handed a piece of paper on the first tee that says the drop zone number twelve is in play, then that drop zone is not in play. I think it's so tough because I feel like I'm being put in a position to defend the Glendevere Men's Club Committee. Were you the board member who also took the shady drop? 
Yeah, my my 83 was an 85 and I got an advantage. <laughs> that T6 was really was really important yes. to me, so I had to shave yes. two strokes off my score. I don't want to defend the committee because clearly they are wrong. They thought that there would not be a situation where an implied rule had to be used. I can't think of another situation. It's a 36-hole facility. We played two courses. I can't think of another situation on the entire property where there's ambiguity to it. And the only reason there's ambiguity to this is because during weekly play, I guarantee people are using the drop zone because we're playing for like 60 bucks. No one really cares, ultimately. Like, yeah, it's competition. We're posting scores. But if someone uses this drop zone behind the green rather than dropping it in front of the water and hitting up to the green, I don't think anyone really gives a shit. But the one person who gives the biggest shit in the club, independent of the club championship, was the person who was wronged by this. And then it happened to occur in the biggest tournament of the year. It A perfect storm had to occur, which is why yes. it's been going on it's for a so month incredible. now. And I did, I did actually, when I turned my scorecard in, the kid who won the club championship, he, he works at the course. He was in the office, so I gave Wait him a little a knuckles. Second. What? Yeah. Wait a second. A yeah. The kid who the kid who wait wait a second. How did you not lead with this? The guy who won it was an inside job. <laughs> yeah, he works at the course. Well, oh, look, shit, he got the real thing. <laughs> look, a lot of people work at the course. I think he's there like three, four days a week. He's like, you know, recently out of course. college. There's old men. I know I'm making this sound like the most corrupt golf organization in the Pacific Northwest. This is terrible. No, it's fine. I do ultimately think that, yes, someone needed to make this clear. They never thought they would be in this situation. And they were. And now we're talking about it on the At The Turn podcast. Francis 57th most popular golf podcast. That's well, true, the, by the way. That's incredible. Um, Jeez. <laughs> Well, we I want to know who 56 is. I know, seriously. <laughs> um, oh my god, I had such a good, I had such a good nugget, and it just, it just completely escapes me. You'll find it. That look, this is the beauty of podcasting. Maybe you'll come back to it. Maybe yeah. you'll text me in 20 minutes and say, "Shit, that was such a good point. It, so it really good, would have yeah. tied the whole segment together." So, yeah. just to be clear, you are. Very much on the side of. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I remembered. I gotta get okay. it out. Go ahead. I, I just put myself in the shoes of like, you played with a guy who won this thing 11 times. No big deal. What's the difference between 12 and 11? Who cares? Like you and me. Like I have this vision of like, I'm gonna become good at golf. Like once the kids don't don't like can survive on their own. Like right. I'm going to. I'm gonna get good at golf. Like it's gonna, gonna happen. You're gonna peak like, in your 40s someday. I might like be in contention at a club championship. I would love for that to happen. Like that's on the radar. Like, I w- of course I want that. And like, I have the best week of my life and I lose. Like I- I'm just imagining this guy is never, does not own a golf trophy. And he, he came home that day and he's like, hell yeah. Life goal achieved like next level unlocked. And they're like, ah, no, this guy works at the course. We like him. You know, he works hard. And like some guys from the board did the, did the same shady thing too. So we're just going to give it to him. He is probably irate. Like that, that, that's just too bad, man. That's now, too bad. can I give you a little more context about your mad please, golfer of the week? Please, please, please. He has, he has won the club championship multiple times. Okay. 
the Glendevere Men's Club Championship used to be a match play format, which I participated in when I was in college. I was part of this men's club for one year, and it was very fun. Even though I lost six and five in the first round, I made the championship <laughs> flight. I did yeah, make the championship you. flight. He was guy. part of the impetus for getting the format changed from a match play to a stroke play event. His argument was you're rewarding someone who may only be playing good for 18 holes. In other words, if someone has a real off day during the match and someone has a real on day, you're not getting the best representation of the best golfer of the club. The current format is two rounds over two weeks to which I say that is even a smaller sample size. And you are doing a worse job of identifying the best golfer for the duration of the year. Right. Because you might have an off day and lose your match, but you still have to have like six good days to win the whole thing. And as you could imagine, he was the talk of the course today. And uh, some, someone did throw out there, and it seemed very true. <laughs> there there used to be a trophy for the Glendevere Men's Club <laughs> for the championship. And this guy won it like five or six years ago, and he never brought it back to the course. <laughs> I love it. Uh, truly the maddest golfer of the week. Um, God, Nick, I don't know if I have anything else. This is just – I well – I will say this, me and my dad are seriously considering shopping around to another golf course. Because of this? You well, still don't want to be affiliated with Glendivere anymore? <laughs> not, not only because of this, my tea time was at 7.15 this morning, which seems just ungodly early. Um, when I was on the first tee, here's, 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 I'm really crushing Glendivere today. It's okay. <laughs> I love that. When I was on the first tee, I was about to tee off and the club president, I'm literally two guys in the group have teed off. I'm going to tee off last. The club president's like, hey, Joe, would you mind switching with this guy? He has to be at a tournament in Hillsborough. And I look and I was like, "What? when is his tee time? If he's in the next group, fine. It's not a big deal. Tees off at eight o'clock. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to wait around 45 minutes. Like you have 25 other guys you can ask. I'm about to tee off. Like, this is crazy. And yeah. eventually I saw the guy out on the course who wanted to switch. And he's like, look, I texted the club president on Wednesday, asked if I could get out super early. Sorry about that. And he's probably the nicest guy out there. So he was like, I considered it, but just, it's yeah. not like, it's not like uh, someone tore the paper in half. It's just like little tiny rips here and there to just, yeah. I don't know. It's been, it, it's been two years of bullshit, Nick. And I've had, look, maybe I'm the mad yeah. golfer of the week. Yeah. I got enough of this place. Oh my God. I'd love to know. I'd love to know how that shopping goes because, like, it's tough to find the the home course. It Unless is. You live in Moscow, I know. Well, we're we're pretty lucky in that we have a lot of options around us. Um, but maybe you know what? Maybe that'll be a good bit for the winter. Me and my dad yeah. shopping around for a new course. We can maybe we can do like a dating game thing. What with golf courses, I can do the stats for all three, and maybe like you and Ashley and and Lacey can pick it. Yes, yes. I love that, that bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Anyway, that is Nick Rules. That is your Mad Golfer of the Week. Tune in to find out <laughs> if the Glendivere Men's Club still exists by this time next week. Again, matchedatgolf.com. Use that promo code TURN today through Friday. That's it. Buy one, get one free. Also go to Piper Golf, piper.golf at checkout. Use TURN10. You can also shoot 76 bogey in the last three holes at your men's club. Nick, I don't want to jinx it, but you were right. Sydney held strong 
Gavin's still asleep upstairs? Yeah, he's out. We're good. I told you, man. I got this thing down. You really, you really got this dad thing down, man. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn.